Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to Recall the Midwife. Today we have watched series four, episode eight, and are discussing it. I'm Alex. I'm Becky. I'm Jen. And a reminder that this week's episode deals with severe alcoholism and addiction, LGBTQ issues, discussions of death and dying, and disability issues. So if those are topics you would prefer to skip this time, we understand and hope you join us for the next one. In this week's episode, Donatus House celebrates the engagement of Fred and Violet. But the lead up to the wedding doesn't run smoothly when Fred's daughter Marlene returns to Poplar. Marlene plants a seed of doubt and Violet calls off the engagement, leaving Fred to wallow and neglect his duties. Chummy returns to Poplar for a two-week course at the London. She doesn't return alone as she's accompanied by Mater's ashes. It's the anniversary of her death and Chummy plans to scatter her ashes to mark the date and lay her to rest. Barbara treats Maureen Gadsby, who tells everyone that her husband is away at sea but actually he's in prison. Maureen is suffering from severe morning sickness and once Dr. Turner diagnoses her, he prescribes a new wonder drug, which contains thalidomide. It appears to be a wonder drug. Trixie and sister Mary Cynthia tend to June Dillon. June and her husband Kevin have moved to Poplar from Manchester. June is deaf, so they plan that her husband will be present at the birth. Delia has hatched a plan to live with Patsy in a flat share, but tragedy strikes when she borrows Patsy's bike to get to work. She's hit by a car and suffers a head injury. When she wakes up, she has no memory of Patsy and her mother plans to take her back to South Wales to recover. Trixie's struggle with alcohol comes to a head and she reaches out to the Samaritans. Sister Mary Cynthia overhears her plea for help and comes to her aid. There's a lot. I say this every week. There's a lot going on this week. There is, but... We all say it and each episode of ours is getting like three hours long. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what, girls? I actually thought about this. This is one of our 
like truly saddest episodes in a in a while i mean we've had sad episodes before but like we had a run where like everything in the episodes was so sad and then there was kind of some lighter parts but like this Uh, episode really broke but it does have some joy doesn't it it does have some joy but it, it to me like the majority of this episode ends up really tragic like really sad or just something really heavy that you kind of have to sit with as you're watching it and and the other thing i realize is the episode after this is a Christmas special, which means this was the series finale for this cycle. So, yeah. like, this is the note everyone got left on for, like, six or eight months while they were waiting for the Christmas special to come around, which I just thought, oh, my God, like, what a, like, really tragic cliffhanger in a lot of ways for a lot of this, these people in the Nottis. Anyway. true. true. Should we talk about Marlene strutting her way back into Poplar? <laughs> I do want to talk about her, but let's talk a well, little bit. I, I also want to finish on Fred and Violet in a way because I just want it to be a happy thing to look forward uh, yeah, to. Yeah, let's come back to them then. I do want to say, though, just really quick, proper little gold mine, the way she said it. <laughs> Marlene is great. Not blue it's, like your mother's eyes. <laughs> she was a right madam, wasn't she? Anyway, right. She was. Which storyline are we doing first, girls? So we've got Maureen Gadsby and we've got um, June Dillon. Should we do Maureen first, get it out of the way, because it's kind of quick. Sad, but quick. Oh, I know. You're just willing her not to take the medication. Oh, God. Oh, God. I, I, I really feel for her because the kind of... What's the, na- what's the name of what she has again? Because there's a specific name for this. It's way beyond morning Oh, no, no, no. Sorry. Gra- gravid out. Um... It's high... Hi- hyper... Hyper... Hyperemesis? Yeah. Gravidar... 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 Gravidara. We do this every we look like absolute we're not morons. We're actually <laughs> well, quite clever. Like, I think hyperemesis is the name of the disease, but basically it's hyperemesis gravidarum. It sounds like a spell from Harry Potter. It really it does. does. It really hyperemesis does. Hyperemesis gravidarum. <laughs> just uh, like just like that, you know, like Akuma Mama's Kabadubada thing from like a few weeks ago with the with the babyhood brittle bone disease. Um, but it's it's really bad. Like this woman literally can't even smell a food, even thinking well, about a cup of tea makes her feel nauseous. I mean it's let's bad. Let's talk about when we first met her. So we met her when she was in the clinic waiting to be seen. Yeah. yeah. And she sat can I just say she was sat next to this woman and she's like, Oh Maureen, not seen you for a while. <laughs> and this woman's feeding this baby, right? Now, this baby was fed ba- bacon, macaroni and tomato out of a tin, right? That sounds disgusting cold anyway, right? But the fact that she was feeding a baby, did you see this baby? You need to, everyone needs to go attention. back and see the baby. This baby was one and a half months, two months, if that. <laughs> <laughs> it was the most ridiculous thing to say it was feeding a baby that baby was not eating anything but milk mate it couldn't even sit up it just like like a cabbage. i didn't even notice the baby i was like <laughs> i got too distracted by maureen literally vomiting into her purse which i thought was well you need to go back and look at the baby because that baby should not be on solids <laughs> i've never vomited in my purse but i did i was sat at work one day and i knocked over a whole cup of tea and the tea just traveled across the desk and then it poured down into my handbag sat on the floor. <laughs> I, I have thought... been sick in my purse before, in my bag before. Oh, I've been sick I've... everywhere. I've vomited into a bag, but not into my purse. So lucky for me on that mm. one. But do you remember um... that time? This is a disgusting story. We probably might have to cut it. But do you remember that time we all went out at uni and then basically I think there was like the vodka was off or something. Everyone was being sick like more than normal. 
and there was only like two sick bags on the bus and they were just everyone was just being sick into the same sick bags on this bus it was most disgusting it was so awful I love how we're saying that vodka went off like as if it can go no, yeah I think it was the the volume that people were drinking not no 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 because it was sick. people who never I remember my friend remember Metcalf she was never sick and she was sick loads that night. And loads of other people who normally were fine were just sick loads. And I've, no, no, there was something going on that night. No, I agree. There was something going on, but it had to be something with another product, not the vodka. I mean, I think vodka is like basically an antiseptic. Like Maybe the battery I mean... acid that went with it. <laughs> <laughs> something else was untoward, but not battery the vodka. Acid it was mixed with, yeah. Oh, um, but yeah, I had um, morning sickness, and it was it was nowhere near this, but it was bad. Like it was for five oh. months, and it was just oh, every morning sick. I was sick throughout the day. It was just awful. Oh, and everyone God. always says, "Oh, girl, like great." <laughs> what do you say to that? Like great, thanks. Wait, I was yeah, did say, say, what, say, what did everyone say? You made it sound it's like a girl. Oh, it's a girl. If you're sick, oh, people girl. really say that. Oh, yeah. I didn't think that was a real. Well, thing, Sister Evangelina said it in the episode. Yeah, she did. I don't know why vomiting a lot would have anything to do with the gender of a baby. I mean, that is truly one of those things where it's like, oh, okay, are we still in the Stone Age? Like, uh, that's. Well, but then sometimes they well. say, sometimes they say it's going to be twins if people vomit a lot. Yeah, and if you've got really bad acid reflux, they have loads of hair. <laughs> oh lord! I mean, truly, this is where you're just like, wow, we were like, we were living in in the Dark Ages for well, so, it's so, annoying, so, though, so Jen, long. Because my mum was like, oh, definitely going to be a girl. Well, the thing is, it sounds it like. People saying that sound about as like it, it sounds exactly the same way you hear back in Middle Ages where people are like, oh, their humors have been displaced, like take a tincture of tansy and daffodil leaves and, you know, wild rabbit's foot and then stir it up into a brew and, you know, walk around three times from an oaken tree. For, you know, it's just like, what are you talking about? This is all insane. None of this makes sense. And that it, that is exactly that's exactly you know, what a one in two chance like of getting it right anyway. So that's just a doing <laughs> thing. They think they're right. But actually, they uh, yeah, but a sister Angelina was also like, oh, you know, do you know what will get you through this mind over matter? That's what will get you through this. <laughs> so, do you know what? They've had so many people over the years. There's not one chance they've not had someone have it badly. Maybe not this badly. But, you know, the way that, what do you call us? Uh, Sheila was just like, oh, yeah, see you next Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. Well, and by and the Sheila way. Was, Sheila was just like, oh, I think it's just anxiety. Yeah. Oh, it's so dismissive. But the other thing too is uh, now, uh, okay, we've all we've all felt all the range of like discomfort in our own bodies. Okay, if I was gonna pick anything to feel like that I could have mind over matter and like just power through, any kind of nausea or digestion issue would be the last thing I would put in that category. Like I can do mind over matter when it comes to a stuffy nose, aches and pains, even a headache. I can try to kind of power through. If something is going wrong with my tummy and something's either going to come out of me one direction or the other, it's <laughs> not going to be something I can put behind me like that. Like, like I am pressing shut down. Like the whole system is off. Like we're just no, 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 no. You don't just power through that. Like, see, I'm really good at being worst. sick. That makes oh. me sound really weird. No, but I am. I can be sick and be fine. I like, can just be sick and just carry on. But I'm one of them people who's got I've got I've got a weak stomach. I'm kind of used to it. I'm not no. got any disorder, I just add really quickly. I, but, but I am I am good at being sick and then I'm okay. 
well, but this is the thing. If you throw up, then you. But if you yeah. throw up, you feel better, yeah. and then it's kind of like, oh, it's gone. But like, what, like the feeling of being nauseous, like before you've thrown up. Exactly. Yeah. You can't do anything when you have that. Yeah, but feeling. this is that- just constant. You're sick, and then you feel nauseous, but you've got nothing to bring up. I know. Also, I mean, can we talk about Neil only having Farley's rusks all day? <laughs> <laughs> Poor Neil. Oh, I love rusks. Actually, rusks is a thing I never, I never. Um, learned about until i was in the uk i never knew what those what? were before that so you can get them here i've definitely seen them but i see them at like um international stores and things like that when we shop at those kind of places and usually it's like if we go to like the halal store or something in my neighborhood um but basically like for for any anybody who's listening maybe probably american listeners a rusk is basically it's like a cake that's like twice baked so it turns into kind of like this crisp um it's, well, it's like a biscuit yeah, it well, it's a biscuit, but it's like more crumbly than that. It's like they're kind of soft, but they also take a lot. Like they're good for, um, you know, like dunking in tea or like little kids. You know, like can eat them and then they can kind of, you know, while they're teething. Well, and I think like they're that, quite that hard, and then you've got to have a lot of like moisture on them to get them soft. I think that's why they give them to babies for like teething and stuff because it's a yeah. lot of sucking on them to get them soft. Exactly. But they're, they're crumbly. They're like, um, imagine like a different version of like a biscotti is how I think of it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. I really like a rusk. I really fancy one. I've not had one for mm, They're good. My daughter was tiny. I've no, I don't know that I've, well, I think if I've had them, I've had them as a baby. So I don't know. Right. Listeners special. Becky's trying a rusk. Oh yeah. Been, oh, do you know what, Bex? I bet rusks and uh, Horlicks is actually Horlicks really nice. Horlicks go together. Oh, I bet that would yeah. taste really nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can anyway, even get some rusks for that. Back on to yeah. Maureen. So she's really struggling and Barbara yeah. goes to visit her on a home visit and she finds out that Neil's only had Farley's rusks all day. He's crying his head out. Yeah. She's just absolutely not coping. And then she collapses. So um, so they sort out... Now, Barbara sorts out a nursery space for um, Neil so that she can actually recover. Um, and Evangelina says like, oh, you're full of compassion and common sense. You'll do. And I just thought... It's very rare she hands out compliments. Yeah. <laughs> well, so and, and, and just a word to say, um, she is also uh, very early in her second trimester, I think. Like, she does not have a big baby bump at all. So um, they they kind of think they, they think they have to put Neil into some kind of, you know, social service system or something like that because yeah, yeah, if they don't have a solution can. for the, the issue that the, his mom is having, then... They can't send them home together because oh, I mean. Also, she's... his dad's gone to prison, and he's already I crying know. for his dad. I know. And so she's like, "He can't lose me too." When he has to go into foster care, and also foster care sounds so daunting. Like no one would want to put their child into foster care, you know? No, no, and and not for like six months, and then have him back after you give a have a. You know, what I mean, like that just yeah. seems like it's really. I mean, there's it's there's not a lot of good options, which is why they do try to find a, a medical like a, a, a drug solution for this yeah. but um yeah it's it's really it's really sad and the thing is you know Sheila says to Dr. Turner like oh what do we have for isn't there anything we can do and he's like hmm, let me look through the you know the things because we have some drug reps come and maybe I've got something here and they they are really excited when they find out that they can give her well the the name of the drug the the um the brand name is Distaval, but it's a it's a thalidomide based um medication but you know, More on that in future episodes. Oh yeah, but now do we do we see Maureen in future episodes? I can't remember. I couldn't remember I, either. You know, I don't think we do because the thalidomide storyline that we see in the future, it's not. It's, 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 it's Susan her. Mullins, isn't it? Yeah, but there's another one as well. 
there's another person but it's not I don't think it's here, but we'll we'll go we'll go back. We'll have to. We'll get there, yeah, yeah. But it's just it's just sad because it's like you think that this is a happy outcome, and then as soon as Doctor Turner and Sheila are standing there talking to her about it, she's like, "Oh, it works a treat! Like, thank you so much." She's like, "I'm going to tell everyone. You'll have them lining about the door. Like, order as many as you can." And then you hear the word thalidomide because he says that's the main ingredient that you know makes it possible to for it to you know stop the nausea, and you're just like, "No, no, 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 no," and and no, oh, God. So even that quote happy ending is really sad. No happy ending, yeah. Yeah. Oh gosh. But I will say when little Neil walked in with his little pink coat and everything, and she said, uh, Oh my little man, and he had his hair combed to the side and he just strut right in there and gave his mom a big hug. Oh my gosh, that little boy is so cute. He was so cute. Him. Yeah. Anyways. So okay, so that's kind of her taken care of. And we've all told everyone about our vomit stories, so definitely cross that off the list. I've got more, Jen. I've got more. Yeah, just tell us if you want to hear more about all those times we were sick to our stomachs in public places, and we'll roll out the red card. <laughs> I've got thousands of them. Anyway. <laughs> okay, so next one. Um, should we do Jude Dillon? Yeah, and I have a soft spot for Kevin Dillon. He's just the loveliest man. And he didn't wink. <laughs> he didn't wink. He, he, saw, he saw a beautiful girl across the room and decided, you know what I'm going to do? I am literally going to learn a language from scratch so that I can go out on a date with her. If that is not enough to send you to the absolute moon and back, oh my word. He is definitely one of, I again, we, we've talked about it before, but in the pantheon of absolutely adorable men on this show, he gets a spot in that group because he is gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. Loved him. To be fair, but, I also loved him. And you're not my, very much one to get your head turned, Al, so that says a no. lot. Yeah, not by any yeah. of these 1950s men. Um, but man <laughs> in the room, uh, I've written here in loads of exclamation marks. Um, <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> about the fact that he was um, he was there for the first oh. appointment because he's the only one who could do sign language with her. But also um, Trixie was saying how he's going to be in the room with her and Barbara agreed. And I really liked... Um, Nurse Crane's story about a progressive, an artistic family. Artistic family. <laughs> <laughs> but what did she say? She said, we, we thought we'd try it. And then it ended up with more than people, more than a few people fainting before all was said and done. We had a fainting episode. Suffice to say, it wasn't the woman. <laughs> that would be me. Yeah, same. Oh, my gosh. Also, did you notice that when Kevin walked in, he said, hello, beautiful, to his wife, which... I know that's just like a simple thing to say, but I don't know. It just was so sweet. I just, I just couldn't get over him. He was just the most adorable, and her too. I mean, together they were just such a sweet couple. But also, I think he did well not to turn up at an artist's house to knock, um, but uh, Nurse Crane out yeah. when they answered when the phone. Her little deaf and dumb girl. Yeah, answered the phone. Oh. Of course, the little deaf and dumb lady. What? Oh, <laughs> I know. I know. I. 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 I I heard that too, and it was so disappointing. Well, anyway, so they rang the Nata's house thinking she was in labour, but she wasn't. It was actually Braxton Hicks, which is very common, oh. apparently, um, oh. especially on this show. But then June was really upset, and she did the most gorgeous speech. Oh, maybe cry about oh. being scared about understanding a child. Like it's all it's when you when you can hear or, or see it. You know, when you're absolutely able-bodied, you're absolutely terrified of how you're going to bond with this child and everything like that. Like it's it's natural to feel like that, but. Oh, for her to that. And she was like, I need to hold him to tell him how he's loved. And if he's deaf or not, she wants to know how she's going to communicate with him. And she's so anxious to know. And oh, God, it broke my heart. Well, 
Yeah, and 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 I think she said, and I'm gonna not correct me if, on this, girls, but she says you're either going to not be able to communicate with me, or you you either won't be able to hear your father's voice, or you won't be able to hear like the world around you, and both of those things make me very sad and like very scared, and like I. And I, so like, if I can just hold you in my arms, you know, like if she, if she's like, if I can just hold my baby in my arms and I can like kind of resolve this, you know, fear that I have, but I won't be able to do that until I meet them. And I, and you know what, honestly, I, I'll just have to say this for myself, having a disability like deafness or, you know, like blindness or, you know, things like that, they're not uncommon, but as a person who has not ever had to deal with any of those things, there's a lot about it I never even thought of. And so this episode really shed a light on on something that I honestly it just doesn't it just doesn't cross my mind a lot and yeah. I was a bit embarrassed actually to kind of admit to myself as I was watching this episode that a lot of the very practical concerns that they have around um the you know that family and bringing a baby into it um I I just had never it, I had never even thought about it and I was hey. like wow you know like truly like you know and, and I, I mean uh, I, I was 100% on board with wanting them to have everything they needed and wanting it to be a safe environment. But, you know, the concern around how, you know, what happens when the baby's crying or what happens, I mean, you know, if she's the only one there and all this kind of stuff. And then, and, and then even just the most practical consideration of like the birth and everything, um, you know, and, well, that's, and, and it was a bit like, why is sister Evangeline not being a bit more progressive on this? I know it's a man, but at the same time, they need to be able to communicate with the person. Yeah. Even birth. I agree. I will and also, say like basic sign language just isn't going to cut it when you're giving birth, surely. Yeah, like cervix. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cervix and vagina. Trixie was like, we stumbled quite a bit on those, but I think we found our way. And yeah, I will say Sister Evangelina kind of she doesn't put up as much of a fight over this one as she usually does. I think because she knows there's really not a good solution other than the one that they already thought of. Um, it did make me laugh that Cynthia was like, "Oh, I have taken a a sign language course. I'll I'll give Trixie some pointers and everything." I was like, "Of course, Cynthia. Of course you have. Like, so classic you to have like already done something like that, you know." Oh, but anyway, she did give birth and she had a baby boy with a a husband there. And it was yeah. a beautiful moment and they did really well. And it was just absolutely heartwarming. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I was crying all throughout. <laughs> Big surprise, but man. Now, yeah, speaking of heartwarming, shall we do Dealer and Patsy? <laughs> oh, Dealer and Patsy. Oh, man. Another one. Another heartbreaker. Another heartbreaker. Absolutely. Oh, well, so Delia and Patsy are obviously in a relationship, secret relationship together. And they're gorgeous together. And I just love them so much. And I really like both the fringes so much. I've got a fringe. They have good hair. Yeah, they do. Anyway, (laughs) um, Delia, um, her building where she's staying at the moment is being, um, not half of it's being knocked down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Basically, they can get some money towards getting, uh, renting places on their own and stuff. So she's basically saying to uh, to Patsy that they should get a flat share together, two girls living together. Not even a nun would bat an eyelid. Right? Amazing. Right? So, So Trixie... Uh, not Trixie, Patsy's a bit like, ooh, at first. And then she's, you know, you can see she's getting excited. And then when she speaks to Sister Julianne about moving out of the night, she's like, I don't have to live there. It's just offered us some sort of perk. So anyway, she then goes to Sister Julianne to say she wants to move out. And then she's like, oh, how come? And she's like, I have a confession. <gasps> and I thought she can't. And she didn't. She was just like, I've just never lived on my own. <laughs> oh, so we didn't get that deleted scene. That was one of our oh. deleted ones. But I'm sure it was lovely. But yeah. 
yeah it was just it was Patsy saying that she'd never like been responsible for paying bills or like taking care of herself Mm -hmm. and then sister Julianne was like me neither yeah (laughs) I wish I could say the same, honestly. (laughs) She is because she's the one in charge of like all the bills there and stuff. Like, you know, in later series, it's all on her, isn't it? Yeah, Yeah. it's all on her now. Nonsense, nonsense. Well, the thing is, Sister Julian is just always the most like comforting and empathetic and magnanimous person. I mean, even if she's like literally carrying the world on her shoulders, she'd be like, I relate. I can find a way to commune with you on your feelings and whatever. I mean, she just. Well, did you see the bits where Patsy and Delia were there in their outfit with the stripy tops and their and their hat and everything? What do you mean hat? Patsy had well, she had like a beret thing, and then she had like a stripy Breton like top on and like slack. She looked amazing. I just love her. <laughs> I mean, the the scenes with them were like were like Delia telling her about the opportunity to get a flat. Then they were searching for a flat. Then they were in the flat, and then the other stuff happened after that. So that Did you was see Delia on a bike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The first bit oh, when she was really, really like shaky and rubbish. I recently rode a bike, and I was similar. That's a glo- I put Delia was like me. Yeah. <gasps> um, my no, bum's too big for that. a bike. They're not comfy. <laughs> I don't think they're really comfy for anybody. But no, we didn't have that scene. But the thing that the thing that really the thing that really touched me about them was when they sat in the apartment that they were going to rent, and Delia was talking about all the things that she was looking forward to. She was like, you know, I want to wake up and say good morning and smell coffee and and a bit of bleach because I know you're here and you're always keeping everything so clean. And I want to put flowers in that vase by the window because it's so cheerful. And then. When we come home, I want to say welcome home to you and then close the door. And I just was like, oh. Listen to records and talk for hours. Yeah. And just have a place where they can truly just not have to censor themselves at all. Like they, you know, literally like their own little haven, you know, in that apartment. And that they were really dreaming about it. And, you know, Pat, Delia was the one who was kind of going on and on. But Patsy, you could tell, was just like imagining this future and just getting so excited about it. I know. But so anyway, Delia's watch was. Um, not working and she didn't realise the time and she had to get going quickly so Patsy was just like take my bike and she put a scarf on her mm. and then Delia went around the corner and got hit by a car and it was absolutely horrendous and my husband walked Terrible. in just as that happened and he was like <laughs> no it's not funny this is like I think he wasn't expecting it to be as serious as it was. <laughs> well, this is the second time in a in a week that like the, one of your family members has watched it as you're, walked in as you're watching the show and it's like a very like a crazy intense scene when they come in. Well, at least my daughter got the gravitas of it and was all respectful <laughs> about it. Um. So anyway, yeah. So, but it was Sister terrible. Winifred it was sees the ac- the aftermath of the accident because obviously mm-hmm. there's no way Patsy knows. There's no mobile phones. So Sister Winifred finds it, sees what's happening, sees the bike, recognizes it, and then sees the scarf and it's Patsy's. So she mm-hmm. then thinks it's Patsy. Hmm. Um, but then it cuts to a scene of Patsy ringing. So she's at an artist's house and they obviously realise who it is. So it's cut to a scene of her ringing the hospital, but no one will speak to her. Mm. But I, she rings and the doctor says, you're a relative. I would have just said, yes, yes, I am. Well, <laughs> yes, because you're a wicked woman. <laughs> you know, Jenny and Alec. What? They let Alec. They let Jenny know about Alec. Um, did they though? I think. Yeah, they got literally got they got people to ring her, and she ran to the hospital. Uh, she went. She went to the hospital, and then she found out what was going on with him. Is that different? Because she was his fiance. She wasn't no, his fiance though. Was they she? weren't. They weren't ever engaged. No. Oh. 
See, I kind of saw it as like when Jenny got to the hospital, somebody no, 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 from Jenny Nana's was house... sent to the hospital. They rang Nanata's house. Jenny was sent to the hospital because she was in that German birth at that time. And no, I know, but but somebody at the hospital was somebody from the show, and they said to her, "Oh, I think it was Cynthia." They were like, "Oh, Alex in surgery, something." something so she something. went. She went because they rang they rang Nanata's house. So she went until Jenny got there. Yeah, I know, but that's what I'm saying. Like, like when Jenny got there, she got the news about what was going on with Alec from somebody that she knew. So it wasn't like. But also, yeah. like Peter, Peter and Doctor Turner were there when Alec was hurt, weren't they? So they yeah. could have passed the message back to Nanata's house. There was like a way. Yeah, exactly. There was kind of a walk just around. Just quality for all. Do you know what I mean? It really, truly, really, truly. I mean, the thing that was really hard. But I don't think was... they knew that Delia was a lesbian. That's what I'm, well, I know they didn't, but I just think it's really sad that they couldn't. Well, I, I, I think I, her mum knew. Yeah. No. Oh, no, I don't think so. What made you think she knew? Just the way she looked at her when she was so upset. Oh. Mm. And also, I didn't, I did, I didn't get that, but... Oh, oh did you not knowing know it was me. Oh, and not knowing her mum. She's like, no, Carriad, I'm your mum. And also, what? I like the way her mum was like, paper handkerchiefs will never catch on. <laughs> <laughs> I literally wrote that in my notes. Yeah. Paper tissues will never catch on. But she's but, having seizures and everything. Yeah. I mean, the thing that was really sad to me was that Patsy had to, you know, because the way, I mean, the reason I didn't think that the mom knew that um, Delia was gay or that Patsy was the girlfriend was because she was like, oh, and who are you again? And she says, oh, well, I work with Delia. Da, 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 da. And she says, I'm Patsy. And she said, oh, yeah, you're the girl that does the Cubs with her. And she was like, oh, that's all I like. That's the only way you've heard about me is like that. And I was like, and it, you could tell she was kind of hurt. But then she also was like, she understood and everything. And then um, and then she kind of had to down like she's like, oh, she's like, well, you know, we we're friends. But, you know, like that's it kind of a thing and then she goes in and she doesn't get recognized also Delia poor Delia looked terrible I mean she was so banged up and scraped up and everything like that and she didn't understand who Patsy was and she didn't understand who her mother was and then after that Patsy is like well you know um something something about Delia and her mom's like well we're gonna take her home back to Wales because that's what the specialist has recommended and she says oh well can I come and visit I, you know Delia's always told me how beautiful Pembrokeshire is and she's like, well, you know, we'll have to see. I don't really know or whatever. Again. Right. Yeah. And she says, well, can I call? And then she says, well, we're not on the telephone, but you can write if you want to. And you can tell Patsy is just like, this is the love of my life. Like, I don't want to be separated from her. But she just couldn't say any of that. And it was just, it was just well, so the tragic. She went back to the flat on her own and cleaned it and bleached it. Oh. And she was just alone crying in the flat all night cleaning it, which just sounds awful in itself, let alone the, the heartbreak. Um, oh. But then the flowers in the in the vase on the uh, on the oh, on the window. window still, when she obviously put the key back through, they got a very understanding landlord. Oh, I have something to say about that when we talk about Fred and Violet, but I'll I won't say it now. I'll say it at Fred and Violet time. But oh my god, absolutely sent me to the moon. It was just. I mean, I was already sobbing. I just I just kept on crying. I, it's this episode sad. And then the look on her face after she was done, because she just, like, she took, like, one last look at the apartment and then closed the door and then put the keys, like, through the letterbox. And then she just had this look of, like, resignation and, like, just, you know, like, I mean, truly, like, when you have a dream and then, and it feels like it's coming true and then all of a sudden it's just dashed. I mean. It was heartbreaking. I can't say more. I mean, just, my God. No. like oh. Which one are we doing next? Mm. Do you want to finish on Fred and Violet? So do you want to talk about Trixie? Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. What is I it that pushes Trixie pretty... over the edge? It's it's June and Kevin. Kevin's such an awful name. Apologies to any listeners. 
<laughs> we need to stop slagging names off here. I know we're always telling people what bad names we think are bad. Oh. Well, also, she saw Tom as well, didn't she? And she was like, that's life, really, isn't it? I must go. So she was well, saying about he's, he, thi- he was off to see a dead man, a man dying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm off to see a dead man. I'll be back. Don't hold something for me. <laughs> You'll never guess where I'm going. Just going off to see a dead man. <laughs> she's like well do you know what how weird i've just seen a, a live baby <laughs> well you know what you know what cracked me up this, this is it was not funny it really like it didn't it it's not funny haha it's funny like oh you know that kind of like thing that you have when you see you know somebody but like trixie's like roll like she's literally like walking herself and her bike back into nanata's house and it's like it's super super late like it, you i, I kind of got like three to four a.m kind of energy from this and tom is walking out to see a dead man, <laughs> to see a dead man. <laughs> and he's like oh trixie and she's like oh hi and you can tell she's absolutely like beat and he's like oh he's like uh he's like where are you like what like he's like it's either really early or really late or something she's like yeah she's like well i was just delivering a baby and you know it's kind of whatever and then he's like oh you look really tired and i'm just like tom nobody needs to hear that from you okay your <laughs> girlfriend does not need you to tell her that she looks really tired at 3 a.m okay she's been working for like 400 hours and then and then she's like well i was just delivering a baby and he's like yeah and he's like well i'm off to see a dying man and i just was again it was just so annoying i was like okay we get it okay like calm down you know like you're always off doing some do-goodery thing or like some helpful thing or you know like shepherding someone into the afterlife or whatever like just lay Making off soup or whatever for homeless people yeah exactly even though you know oh, jesus soup thing don't even get me but started she's on that like, soup. that's life isn't it really isn't it i must go or he was saying that but well no, basically she says like life is either you're 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 leaving or you're coming into it you yeah know, she's like she's like life is really either dying or living and that's kind of the two ends of the spectrum, and they're both either dealing with one or the other. So yeah, that's what she means means when she says that. So she's triggered. So she's yeah. the, she's really down. Yeah, and she's just like, "Bye, I gotta go. I'll see you later." And he's like, "Oh, okay." And then she walks into her room and does what? I feel like I'm being tested, Becky. You answer. <laughs> sorry, I just cut you off, so I I didn't want to like keep telling the story. So I wanted to. I'm uh, sorry, but no, you you carry on, Jen. You. Well, she she walks into her room and you and and she closes the door and she just has this this moment where you're just like, and like we've all I, I don't know a person on earth who hasn't gotten to a certain stage in adulthood where you don't have one of those days where you just walk into like your house and you just like throw everything on the floor and you're just like, oh, I'm so done. Like, and you just are like, I'm either gonna. You know, like, I mean, sometimes, and not everyone has a has an issue with, you know, drinking or whatever, but like, you know, you pour yourself a drink or you order takeout or you put on your comfy clothes because you're just like, I can't take it anymore. And I just want something to like erase whatever it is I don't want to think of anymore. Yeah. Eat a pint of ice cream or a gallon of ice cream, however much ice cream you want to eat. A whole sleeve of cookies, whatever yeah. it is you want. And Trixie just has this look and she and she kind of stops herself because she's like, oh, you know, oh, you know, she's starting to feel like maybe there's something a little bit amiss here. But then also just just one note here. Did you notice how the episode, the whole episode started was her in the mirror looking at herself, Mm -hmm. getting ready. But she had a real sadness in her eyes. So carry on. She really did. Yeah, exactly. She did. And there and there's even a line that Mature Jenny says about confronting the truth of who you are in the mirror and yes. whether you're not you're going to face up to who you really are or you're just kind of kind of glance at yourself and then move on basically yeah. very very well put out and so then Trixie walks over to her like little shelf of um, booze bottles that she has and a couple of glasses and she just pours herself like a really nice hefty pour of 
some brown liquor like whiskey or something like that and just drinks it straight down and it was it was a really it was a really kind of shocking scene in a way because usually Trixie's drinking is always associated with socializing having fun you know getting ready for something you know just like yeah it, it always seems like she's doing it in kind of a a positive atmosphere but this was literally a drink that the only reason for drinking was to just take away the the to like numb yourself basically from the from the feelings mm -hmm. that she's feeling and i think that that really shocked her and if i'm correct the next scene is of her on the phone calling the samaritans is that right yeah you are correct yes yeah, and thank yeah. goodness she had to use the phone in the downstairs in anatta's house because then sister mary cynthia hears the conversation yeah. oh she was so amazing as well I know. also just a weird point i've written here but how lucky that Cynthia, uh, not Cynthia, although was it lucky, but Patsy and Trixie had a night off each other because Patsy was there cleaning the flat that night and then Trixie, you know, although maybe it wouldn't have happened for Trixie actually, but I think it's good that it did. She mm. then obviously was on her own drinking and then went down and rang herself. I don't think if Patsy was there, she might have tried to mask it or I just think mm. it's lucky that they had that convenient night apart. I hadn't thought about that, but that's a really, really good point. Yeah, yeah. Oh. And also, so then... They cut to a scene of her at the very end, which, can I just say, Helen George was amazing, her monologue oh. um, at the AA meeting, and she so absolutely beautiful. captured Trixie's essence, because Trixie's, she can be a bit of a madam sometimes, can't she, with the way she carries herself, but but in a good way, that's just the way she has. She's got a lot of grace and poise, and she's all about the show, because she likes to look good and all this, but the way she did it was absolutely amazing. I thought her monologue was really, really well done. So well mm. done, Helen George. I know you're listening. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um. So the other thing I wanted to say about Trixie too, because I, I feel the same way as you guys, but the thing about that monologue at the end that was really heartbreaking was she kind of gives the, she, you can tell she's sitting in a room, you know, I kind of thought of it as like an Alcoholics Anonymous type group, you know, because there are other yeah, people Yeah, yeah, definitely her. was, yeah. Um, and it was so stark, like the way that it was. The hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction. And free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Way that it was filmed as well like the lighting was really cold and like washed out and everything she looked very pale like you know she had on lipstick and stuff but she just looked very kind of um you know just very pale and like ghostly and everything she had on an all black outfit like so austere which is not usually like her and then she kind of gave the history and talking about her dad and how you know he came home from the war and turned to whiskey and she could always kind of make him smile and was, you know, like the sunshine girl and everything. But, you know, she just had been struggling more and more and, you know, then gets to the, you know, kind of the end of it. And then she says, you know, do I have to say it now? And nothing is said, but she kind of understood, you know, that that's the next part of it. And she says, you know, my name is Beatrix. Everyone calls me Trixie. I'm an alcoholic. And it was, it, it was, 
it was it was a really important next step for her and I I was really glad in a way to see her finally confronting this issue that we've all been worried about on her behalf you know this whole time or for a long time anyway but it was also just a really sad scene you know because in in a, mm. in a way now the really hard part begins you know because there's well, definitely a- but also I like the way she explained as well like you know she's become midwife and she's in the part of like a happy family just for what even if it's just for like a couple of hours mm. Mm. Yeah, and that that's all she's craving. She just wants to be part of a happy family where everything is going well. And in a way, it actually made me think about her and Tom a little bit differently as well. And like how she kind of was, she, like, it made me feel sympathetic to her kind of going forward with him, even if maybe there were some issues that she wasn't confronting, because she did see the possibility of a happy, healthy lifestyle with him. And I will say this for Tom, there's one thing he absolutely is never going to do is have any kind of problem like that. You know what I mean? Like, he's he has faults like everyone, but in terms of being, like, a stable you know, guy who's totally, you know, on the straight and narrow, you know, no drinking issues, no partying issues. No, I mean, he's a complete square. And I mean that in the best (laughs) sense of the word. I really mean that in the best sense of the word. Like she was never going to have to worry about that with him. And I think that was incredibly attractive to her. And so I, I, yeah, it made me think about their relationship differently as well. Yeah. It was just so sad. But, but I'm very, very pleased that she has done it. And also like, I was thinking about the Samaritans as well and how long that's been going. A long yeah. time. Yeah, but how amazing that she could call them in those days. Like, I didn't realise it was that, how long it had been and going. And in the middle of the night, because she's just got back from the birth. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah, 24 hours a day. Well, and she says, she's like, I don't, she's like, is it okay that I want to live? I just want to stop. I, it's not It's not that I want to die. I just want to stop drinking. Yeah. And... Well, also, Samaritans is relatively new. It, that, that was my point there, sorry. It, was, it launched in 1953. Oh. So it hadn't been going that long. Quite new. Okay. Okay. And how weird's this? It would been. It was launched by a Reverend Chad Barra, Barra um, and he was a young curate in the Diocese of Lincoln. Mm. That's actually nice to know that somebody somebody thought about that and did that, especially from the church where there can be a lot of... Um... Well, its legacy lives on. It's still going very, very strong. So Yeah. 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 Supportive service like that. Very good to hear. Oh. Okay, girls. Can we at least get to a storyline that has some kind of happy ending? Because, oh, my God, all these storylines have been so tough. Well, should we talk about Chummy? Yes. Sure. Her arrival was lulled. Chummy has returned <laughs> to Poplar. Also, did you notice the hair girls? Yeah. yeah she's got longer. Yeah. Thicker. Well, she's that. You know, um, you know, have you seen the film Spy with her in? Yes, I have no. seen that. That's her hair. You should watch it, Bex. It's on Netflix. It's amazing. It's really, it's really, really good. It's really good. He's it's got that. Melissa. It's got Melissa McCarthy in it and Jason Statham in it, and he is uh, actually... with a Eurovision favorite. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. So and he's it's... actually very funny in that movie too, which really made me laugh. Um... Yeah, it's really, really good. Um, but anyway, her arrival was hilarious. Firstly, I noticed the hair, obviously, because of the film Spy. I thought this must be around the time you're filming Spy, hence why you yeah. probably filmed in a pew on your own in another episode earlier. Um, yeah. But uh, but the way she was uh, arrived with uh, with Freddie in the car. And uh, they're talking about potty training and that massive, um, weird wooden contraption, the toilet the seat. The toilet seat. <laughs> oh, see, we didn't get that scene. When I saw her, she just came in with um, the cake tin that had her mom inside of it. Yeah, no, so she Pete, did. Peter drops her off in the car. Oh, and they're talking. Get... They're talking about how they're trying to potty train Peter, and then you mean, you mean Freddie? Freddie. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe both. <laughs> 
Hey, I heard he leaves, he leaves, he leaves loads of uh, stuff on the floor. <laughs> but then Peter drives off and she's still got the toilet seat. So did you notice that she she carried a toilet seat into Nanata's house? I did not pick up on that one. No, no, I must have missed it. I wasn't looking good enough. I just saw her with the coat and the cake tin and she had other stuff in her arms that she put down. Yeah, what about the toilet seat? She took it with her by accident. Oh my god, that's so funny. That's so funny. It was oh. I will say at the end of the episode, Freddie looked like still like a baby to me. I didn't I thought they I thought whoever they had playing Freddie at the very end was looked way too young for potty training. But anyways, that's that's by the by. But um <laughs> but she comes in and she's got she's got a cake tin and Sister Monica Joan is like, Oh, what do we have here? And then she opens it up and she's like, well, Oh, I'm really I sorry. Say, she had that was a bit annoying, really. They had, they had more warning. She had well more warning to tell Sister Monica Joan. Like, she just kept going on about cake and stuff. She should have been, oh, sorry, no, in there's my mum's ashes. But no, she just <laughs> let her carry on and open it. Was a bit I like, agree. Oh. I agree. But you know what? This is kind of the one time where, even though you're exactly right, I'm glad that Sister Monica Joan, like, got a bit of a surprise because that woman opens a cake tin everywhere she goes. And it's like, one of these days, you're going to open the cake tin that you really should not be opening. And you need well, to she have... Did. I know, but I'm like, but she you know was what? like, oh, we have guests of uncommon appetite today. Like, loads of words coming out of Sister Monica Jones' mouth. Not for one second, Chummy didn't say anything. She could, she had loads of opportunities to. It really annoyed me. She did, but Sister Monica Joan needs to learn to not open every single cake tin that's within her arm's reach. I she feel like learn by nine score, five, four scores and ten. She's not gonna. <laughs> I'm totally the sister Monica Joan in this situation because whenever <laughs> I go to my sister-in-law's, I'm like, oh, what have you been baking? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so... So, Chummy so she's in. staying there because she's doing a refresher course or something at London, isn't she? Yeah. So she's mm-hmm. staying in an artist because she has been working at the mother and baby's home. She's left Avril in charge, I'm guessing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but there's a really lovely scene with Chummy and Trixie as well that we spoke to speak about when we spoke about Trixie. And Trixie's in yeah. a room... And Chummy says to her, oh, you're hungover because she's mixing um, egg whites. And I think that struck a chord with Trixie as well. She's like, I've not even not even gone to bed yet. I've not, you know, she was a yeah. bit annoyed about that. Um, yeah. With the mask of egg whites. Now, um, that was really funny because they had, they had this like chuckle about the fact that uh, mum said about, you know, have uh, have one of these uh, scones because you're, uh, your, face, your face will suffer. No one can see your bum kind of thing. Meaning, like you know, give your face a little extra padding to like soften the wrinkles, but like your bum, you have to sit on, so no one, no one will be looking at that. Yes. <laughs> also, um, her there was joking about her mother's ashes, and she was like, "Oh, I want to do it somewhere she loved," but I think uh, the food court at Fortnum and Mason. Yeah, I really like that scene between them. The way that they were laughing was like so sweet and companionable. And even though even though Trixie, you know, is in a tough time, she had a lightness with with Chummy that I that yeah, felt really nice, giggle, actually. Yeah. Well, also, yeah. I've got one more thing to add. You know, we were talking about my family members walking in. My daughter wait, wait, wait. Also... Oh, walking in on the episode while you're watching it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. My daughter walked in as well on this bit. And she asked, you know, they were talking about ashes because I told her about ashes with the caravan and stuff. <laughs> she, my daughter walked in and she was watching for like, well, she wasn't watching. She was kind of just like drawing next to me or whatever. And then she was like, um, is that the caravan woman with the ashes? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, no, this is, I should not be watching this near you. You're fine. <laughs> um, but then they also did show um, Chummy and Peter and baby Freddie getting rid of the ashes. Getting rid of the ashes is not, I'm not, honestly, what is wrong with me today? Why am I saying like dead man getting rid of the ashes? 
scattering um, a mum's ashes, but they did a, a really bad set of green screen over Old London. Did you see it? Did you see that oh, scene? Oh, well, I did notice that they did it up near Tower Bridge. That she didn't just get. They didn't just do it in Poplar, like at the no. docks or whatever. But see, the thing yeah. is, I didn't see. I didn't see Freddie and um, Peter with her in our in our scene. It was like her just at the at the edge of the London Thames River and then that was it we didn't get we didn't get Peter and Freddie in that scene with us oh. but that was fine we did, I didn't I didn't need them to be there I mean what was funny though is that I and I that scene was very touching when she scatters the ashes into the river and I mean I, and gets red some... do the proper term do you know what I mean yeah exactly when she just throws them away um but like but and there's something I have to say about that in terms of the Fred storyline. But um, what was funny in that scene watching it was that we were watching it and like the tears are streaming down my face. And I'm like, oh, my God, she's finally found a way to like, you know, let go of her mom and put the ashes, you know, in a, in a place and everything like that. And then my mom who's watching the episode with me, speaking of family members who watch it with us. Um, she goes, Yours is appropriate then. <laughs> <laughs> but like Chummy is like very serious, you know, she's like very somber and she's like holding the urn and she's kind of looking out over the water and everything like that. And then my mom goes, do you think that's a green screen that she's standing in front of or do you think she's really there? And I was like, oh mother. I'm like, yes, it's definitely a green it's screen. It's the worst green screen I've <laughs> ever like, seen. It's, it's, I'm like, you can literally almost see the background like flapping in the way. <laughs> I mean, like it's the most. I'm like you can see it was just I was like it's the most green screen thing I've ever seen in my whole life but like I was like yes mother but my mom oh she's the other thing my mom always asked me when we watch tv she's like is that that lady's real hair do you think she's wearing a wig and I'm always like oh mother and most of the time people are wearing wigs but I just am like I've been thinking the same thing about Trixie in this because I think Trixie's in a wig she very well could be yeah Yeah. especially with some of that big bouffant style yeah I just think it's so I mean when she's got a bob like fair dues but I just think it's so 60s and the fringe and the well do you know who's a bowl style to it do you know who's definitely in a wig is Barbara 1000% is in a wig would you say like Oh my god, yes. If you look at if you look at her hair and how like thick and hard it is, and then you look at the real woman who plays Barbara, who I love and is an absolutely stunningly beautiful woman, but her real hair is not anything like Barbara's at all. Like there is I no way that Barbara's I've never noticed anything like, I'm rubbish on stuff like this. Oh, Barbara is definitely wearing a wig. One also, you know Helen George now in real life, like I'm fast forward in 10 series. But you know, yeah. um, in real life, she's got dark brunette hair now. We'll have to look out and see if it's a wig for the next series, the next recording. I did not know she's got brunette hair at the moment. Yes, she has. Well, she's been a platinum blonde for, God, 10 years, I think, in real life. So, I mean, it would be nice to have a change, wouldn't it? Yeah. But anyway, so so Chummy is kind of like lamenting throughout her time in the show in this episode of like what to do with her mom because she doesn't know how to really, really properly like um, honor, honor her by getting rid of the ashes <laughs> in a way that you know really feels like appropriate so that's what she's grappling with so now cue to fred and violet because fred and violet are happy they the episode starts and they are going to nanana's house to have their kind of engagement party and everything which also looked lovely and oh Vi- girls can we just talk about something really quick though so okay. oh i just love this storyline so much but also, it's been someone's birthday this week on this podcast. Do you yes. want to say who it is? Whose birthday? It was me. <laughs> <laughs> now I happy birthday. But anyway, I got some some I got some flowers sent to you, but not real flowers. They're bulbs. But I can never pronounce it. Is it Dahlia or Dahlia? Dahlia. Dahlia. <laughs> 
I'd pronounce it Dahlia. I'd pronounce it Dahlia, but that might be my accent. So I'll I'll give let's give Bex this one and say Dahlia. I would say Dahlia. Yeah, Alex sent me some Dahlia tubers because I love a Dahlia. Yes, a Dahlia. I love a Dahlia. That is not your accent at all. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But but when so Violet first went in with cut Dahlias and she was all like, oh. I just think, I just think I'm really nervous because they're going to think, oh, how very extravagant cut dahlias. And it did make me think of you, Beck. But Aww. I wonder if it is extravagant because I feel like someone would have grown them on an allotment or something. So I didn't, I mean, I mean, I wasn't around in the 1960s, so I don't know how extravagant it would have been. But also they might be, they might have not been that common then. I don't know. I don't know the yeah, origins of dahlia. Are, um, are dahlias your favourite, Bex? I do love a dahlia, yeah. Mm, mm. Well, you know, I feel, that. I feel like in later seasons, um, they have a bit. Oh, they are so pretty. Oh, yep, 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 yep. Oh, they're gorgeous. Everyone, everyone who's listening, Google dahlias because my goodness, you get some lovely pictures. Um, but the thing is, um, I feel like on later seasons they have like a little garden area that's kind of like to the front. Like if you're looking at Nanata's house, it's the, to the left side when you're staring at the front door, and there's like a lot of stuff that seems to happen over there in like later seasons and one of yeah. the things i feel like they do is grow a lot of flowers in that portion of the little front well, garden also if you notice that's also where the school was uh, yeah in this series and then it yeah. suddenly replaced with uh, with a flower and allotment flower garden yeah. allotment. yeah it does change oh okay but so just to say so fred and violet go in and they're and violet's really nervous about you know like is everyone going to think it's okay that we're getting married and are they going to be happy i don't really know blah 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 and Fred's like, no, 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 it'll be fine. And she's and Violet's wearing a beautiful dress and he's got a great suit on and they just look so great. And they have this party and everyone's really happy for them and everything. Well, then Chummy comes in and she's kind of chatting and stuff like that. And um, they find out Fred mentions that his daughter, one of them lives in Australia and Marlene, the one that was in Canada, is actually back living in England now. But she's she's coming to Poplar like today or tomorrow or whatever. In the oh, no, he doesn't know. He doesn't know she's coming. Oh, he he's doesn't like, know she's, she's coming. No, he's like, she's settled in Birmingham. Oh, Dolly we... will only have just got the letter, so they, they obviously don't have the phone or anything, so they won't be know until they get a letter back. Oh, and he's like, okay. but, but Marlene has settled in Birmingham, but we've not heard from her yet. Right, but she must she must know that we're engaged at this point. Okay. And so then in the next scene, Fred is in his in his house and he's like ironing a shirt, and then the door opens and it's Marlene and she's come back for a visit. And he's like, Oh my god, what are you doing here? And she's like, Well, I had to check up on you, Dad, and find out what's going on here and everything like that. And he's like, Oh, okay. So they start sitting down and talking, and then he kind of tells her the whole plan about marrying Violet, and he's gonna move into Violet's um apartment that she has above her shop and she's like oh well and at first you're kind of thinking like because she's like well you know she expresses concern about this plan basically and my thought initially was that she was worried that somehow violet was going to take advantage of fred like that's kind of how i saw it but then what you but then what we realize is is that that's not what she's thinking at all and she goes to violet and kind of makes she's an absolute cow yeah she's terrible she is. She's awful. She's like goes into Violet's shop and she's like, um, gets her cigarettes out. And that, this got like, me when she when Violet asks basically asks her not to smoke in the politest way possible. She's yeah. like, I don't she care for smoking in it. the shop. Yeah, it gets in the wool, and she's like, uh, these are menthylated. It's quite a pleasant aroma. Uh, you're just like, oh, <laughs> you are oh horrible, horrible. And then she goes on about how where uh, she was like, oh, quite a team you and Mister J weren't you? Were you tripe with you with this and him with this tripe shop? 
tripe we shop. all know how we feel about tripes in is, this. is tripe is it called tripe in america as well yeah probably i mean we i don't think i don't think of tripe as being a thing as much no, but we, we don't we don't it's not like we have it every meal jen do you know what i mean <laughs> um th- wait 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 okay remember the couple that had the was that what what was it tripe that where trixie had to deliver the baby in that fish smokehouse kippers that was kippers, kippers. that was kippers. fish yeah kippers are different than tripe Tripes, yeah cow Stomach. oh yeah no americans don't really do tripe no i mean I'm sure, I'm, now <laughs> well the thing is i'm sure i'm sure there are places and da 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 but like I- i'll tell you what like no 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 like tripe you know, there's, is really a, there's not... a tripe shop in southport still oh, yeah. a shop <laughs> devoted to tripe yeah <sighs> well anyway I'm gonna, apparently i'm gonna, need, I'm gonna need some of that distival if we keep talking about this yeah. like i, I don't well, really keep my stomach down oh so apparently mr cool. g and a were quite the team here with their buttons and their ribbon shop and him with his tripe uh, yes. And then she said, oh, what did, what is it my dad said? A proper little gold mine. What yeah. a cow. And Fred um, never and then, said that, right? No, of course he didn't. No, she's just no. a horrible cow. She's just cow. being horrible, yeah. And also, how nice was Dolly? It's such a shame it was Marlene who came. Anyway, mm. um, so then she starts talking about ribbons and Mrs. G's old violet's so lovely being like, oh, yeah, I remember your mum used to come in and one had sky blue and one had yellow or whatever, ribbons. And she's like, yeah, yeah sky blue, like your mother's eyes. And uh, just basically trying to basically say that you shouldn't be getting married and putting doubt into Violet. And do you know what did annoy me about this? Yeah. That Violet allowed doubt in it because the episode before... She was yeah. a bit like, what are we doing here? Is this real or not? And he's like, yeah, yeah it is real. Yeah, we're getting married. And then she let Marlene do that. And actually, when when Fred says that Marlene can be quite a hand... I can't remember a, how he phrases a little, it. A little madam. Yeah, and Violet's actually very... Com- like, she says she isn't being a madam when she, that's exactly what she's being. Yeah, she had a flaming mm-hmm. faggot a shot. I'd stop it out well, of her forehead. You know, what, you know what line really made me <laughs> laugh was that, was that when she says... Like, violent. Like she said all this other horrible stuff and everything. She's lit the cigarette. And then another lady opens the door and comes in and she says, Okay, well, I'll be off. I'll leave you to your clientele. And like <laughs> I was like, clientele, excuse me. Like it just it was one of those things I was just like, You're oh, being well then the scene, now. there's the next Insane. scene that broke my heart, which was so Violet sat on a chair. She's obviously not a chair, a bench, like an outdoor bench. Yeah. And she's obviously arranged to meet with Fred. And the sun, he's like, oh, I love the sun shining down on your head. And I was like, oh. And then she's like, and he was like, I thought we fitted together. I don't know what's going on. She's like, have you made any provisions for your retirement? And he's like, well, I thought I'd open a, you know, quail shop or something. <laughs> like, just yeah. ridiculous suggestions. And oh, and he was like, I thought we fitted together. I thought this was this was us. I thought this is what we wanted. And she walks off. Oh, and then, oh, God, it was just so heartbreaking. And then cut to a scene of Fred in his vest. <laughs> oh, bless him. <laughs> At home, yeah. just, oh. Well, well, just just to say really quick. So two, two really minor, minor notes. I really don't need to say this, but I just, I can't help myself. Fred, after Dol- after Marlene's visit to Mrs. G, uh, Fred comes in and he brings Violet some meringues because he knows yes. they're her favorite from the bakery. And he's like, oh, I brought these to you. Like, I thought you, you know, I was passing by, I wanted you to have these or whatever. And he said, you know, he's like, I, I just want to tell you, like, I'm so excited for our, like, morning constitutionals. You know, they just love going for walks in the morning together and everything. And then he gives her a kiss on the cheek and he says, oh, we're, we can, we can, like, um, we can uh, paper the walls with all that. And she's holding a stack of bills and he just says it as a lighthearted you know thing to just be like oh like so glad we're, you know like everything is being really successful in the shop but she takes it completely the wrong way and then he's out the yeah. door and whatever she's got well, the look she's on her seed face. planted by horrible marlene exactly also, can i just say marlene as well a little madam he's all miserable because she's caused it 
And then she yeah. moves out because she's fed up with looking at his long face. I know, I know, <laughs> I know. Yeah, and, and but then the thing is, he says, like, oh, she comes back every single day to, like, kind of, like, you know, check in on me, but, like, also to be like, oh, you're still depressed? Okay, well, I'm out of here, you know? And so then, so they have the scene on the bench where they break up and everything, and then this is what I had wanted to mention about Patsy and um, and Patsy and Delia, is that then Fred just kind of, there's this, like, mon- there's this, like, um, not monologue, uh, montage that starts with, like, music over the top of it, where Fred is just, like, looking longingly into, Mrs- into Violet's shop, and then Ugh. kind of, like, walking around Poplar with, like, nothing to do just kind of kicking cans out of the road just like a long face and then the and then it's intercut with um patsy and delia look i almost said dahlia looking for their flat (laughs) and everything and the thing that i the thing that i wrote down is um so the song that is playing while that montage is happening is called the little things that mean a lot and it says tell me i look nice when i'm not like you say you're gonna call and then you you follow through like you take me out to dinner and you know i love you like it's it's this really really sweet little song and i if anyone if anyone like didn't hear it when they were watching like i really encourage you to listen to the song because it's really really lovely but it but the thing that i like about it is that it connects the two couples and one is going through their heartbreak now and the second one is going to be going through their heartbreak in a little bit and the thing that they both want is just this really foundational companionship that the other person provides i mean they're absolutely in love it's romantic love all that kind of stuff is great but it's like they both just miss their partner in life and everything and they're both kind of going through it and it it just was like both the perfect like a perfect song and like a really sweet little song but then to think about the way that like both of these couples are kind of like pulled apart and brought together in the episode in different ways well also who uh, brings who brings violet and fred back together show me well, chummy, yeah, one hundred percent chummy. But also, chum, chum, chummy has a word with Marlene, doesn't she? Yes, she does. And that was well, Marlene, amazing. Marlene is really the one that has to. I mean, okay, chummy in this in this scene is so brilliant because she goes in to see Fred because Sister Monica Joan has been claiming complaining about how she's freezing because the boiler isn't working. So chummy's like, all right, I'm going to go to investigate. So she goes to talk to Fred to see what's going on with him because they said, you know, oh, he's had a long face and everything like that. And he fi- and then she's like, well, you know, everyone's freezing at Nanata's house because the boiler's broken. And he says, oh, he's like, the man, the man I took over from 15 years ago said I'd have to tend to it every day. It's just like a ill-tempered woman. And he said, I never knew what that phrase meant until this week. And you're just like, wow, well, amazing you went that long without knowing. But anyways, um, <laughs> and then Chummy sits down and is like, what's going on? And he kind of explains, like, the whole thing. And she's like, okay. She's like, I think I know what we need to do. And so Chummy, Marlene, and Fred all sit down for a cup of tea and chummy's like okay we're gonna hash this out and everything and basically what happens is marlene tells fred you know listen like you getting married to violet and you leaving this place like this is the house where we've lived like our like where every where we where we put our family back together after the war oh, like such you know a like a lovely scene it was really it was really beautiful but it was like it was like i like if we lose this then we like gonna like lose mom all over again and he was like i know i he's like i know i know but, but he was also like she never lived here your mom never lived here there was nothing there like our your our flat was absolutely gone during the blitz but you went half an hour later and there was nothing there and she's like well, sometimes i think it's only the river that stays the same okay Yes, all of that is true. I, I'm just going to re-say it in my own words because I just can't get over the scene. But anyways, but he's like, he's like, but your mom never lived here. And she's like, I know. But she's like, every time I come home and there's something else gone, it's like there's a bigger gap in our lives from her and he's like she's like I just don't know how to 
to feel about that. Like, it makes me feel my grief all over again. And he's like, I know. He's like, sometimes I feel like nothing stays the same except maybe the river. And that's that's kind of also a through line with Chummy because then she ends up letting her mom's ashes go into the Thames River, which is kind of an, another way that they connect. You know, the fact that like everything changes, but there's at least some constancy that you can find in that, you know, kind of natural. Anyways, the river. That's very ineloquent. It's very, very ineloquent. But like the river is always there. Like it's a constant. Oh, so you mean right? Yeah. Like it's kind of it's it's like a natural element. Like a like a geological whatever. I don't know what word I'm trying to find. I don't think I'm saying this very well. But but I for my own self, just watching that scene really broke my heart because you like when you lose someone, you lose them over and over and over again, and every time it's painful. And you know, there's lots of different griefs that you have to go through. And like even though her mom has been gone now for almost 20 years I mean the you know like it's 1960 ish and like you know the blitz happened in like the early 40s and everything like that I mean she's been gone a long 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 time but like the thing that she couldn't admit to herself until they had this heart to heart which was really productive and beautiful was that that was the reason that she didn't want Fred to move out of the flat that was the reason she didn't want him to get married to Violet she didn't want her mother's memory to be you know lost all over again in in this way that then she would never be able to get it back and like she had to have that kind of realization that even though everyone's moving on like you know she can still have her mother around and then what she says when she goes to Violet is you know my mom would have absolutely reamed me out if I if she knew how I acted to you when I had come here you know after you know you announced your engagement to my dad and she's like so on behalf of her like knowing how she would have wanted me to behave I'm so sorry can you please forgive me she did save the day there she did she did I do have said did have respect for her because she was so horrific before so horrific well talk about a 180 she really around. then they had that bit where they say I believe in the films they say your place or mine and he'd say I'd live in a a ditch if it was with you and Chummy's like right answer (laughs) Oh, and, 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 and I've written here, loved it. Cold spread for Bex. Yeah, <laughs> and a big, and a I big also loved frosting when, cake. Yeah, I also loved going back to when Patsy was going to move out when Sister Julianne was like, "You will come back and join us every day for lunch." And if oh. it was me, I would have been like, "Absolutely." <laughs> <laughs> Love a free lunch. Love well, also the other thing that I've got, I've got my notes here uh, about the engagement cake, just really quick. Trixie was so petulant and ridiculous about the silver board. And, uh, and and she was like, well, is that not silver board from my engagement cake? And Sister Winifred's like, it costs two and eleven. <laughs> but also, all of those books, I mean, they look identical to what you can buy nowadays. Exactly. Like, well, then how Barbara, would you even know? I know, but Barbara put her foot in it, but was amazing at the same time being like, I'm sure it won't bring them bad luck or anything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was just so glad they... They followed through with it and got married. Yeah, it was gorgeous. And I really mm. liked a blue outfit. Yeah. Oh, the wedding was perfect. Like it was it was exactly it was exactly what you would hope. You know what I mean? Like Yeah. Just lovely. Oh, and then it was actually really sweet because um Marlene had, you know, said all that stuff to, you know, get them back together and then that kind of repaired Marlene and Violet's relationship with each other. And so then then they're standing there and they're talking about like wedding outfits and everything. And and Chummy was there, I think, too. Yeah, she but was. She says something about the hat, the pillbox hat that they're gonna wear. It's like plain. she's like, I don't know what to put on it, it's too plain and everything. I've gotta have something. And then Violet hand says to her, She's like, How about something sky blue for your mother's eyes? And she pulls out a piece of braid that goes around the edge of the hat, and it was like a way of Violet also kind of remembering her mom in that moment as well which was oh i just oh let's everyone... be honest girls there's a reason we love this show it's because it's bloody brilliant oh god yeah. oh. heroes and zero who's who's going first i think we're my... not going first so i'll go my zero is marlene yeah for just okay. waltzing back in i totally get where she was coming from but to have been away 
not understand the relationship that Violet and Fred have to just waltz back in. Yeah, Marlene. And then yeah. my hero is going to be Barbara. Nice. Ooh. For really advocating for Maureen. Love it, love it. And when, going the extra mile for it. Yeah, mm -hmm. when everybody else was so dismissive of her. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. That's, going the extra mile is Barbara's middle name. She's yeah. so good. I just love her. Um, my, I'm, I'm going to say me next because let's be honest, the more time you've got the best, better, <laughs> Jen. Uh, my You're hero, exactly right. yep. my hero's chummy for sorting it all out. I know it was technically Marlene at the very end, but she had to be basically accosted by chummy and shamed into doing it. So chummy is my hero of the day. Also, I really like the toilet on her arm. That just made me laugh. Um, <laughs> the zero of the... Also, she did get her stuff done that she had hanging over as well. So good on you, chummy. Um, mm. My zero, again, same, exactly the same as Bex. It was Marlene. It was the proper little gold mine uh, comment. What a calculated little cow. Really annoyed me. I didn't like her. I, just, I much prefer her sister, Dolly. And uh, I think Fred <laughs> who we've never met. We have. We met her. She had the baby Anthony. Remember, he was like rolling around in the back of the truck, and she was busting for a wee when she came in. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Becky does have a terrible, terrible memory. Everyone. It's also, the way you said "oh yeah" made me think you absolutely still did not remember. No, I do about. remember. I do remember because um, Chummy again was heavily involved because she brought Anthony to the hospital every day. Well, she gave birth on the same day as her as well. But no, but she brought. Anthony to the hospitals that she yeah could yeah see but also yeah. Freddie was born the same day as Daphne and they had the joint christening oh yeah yeah I've got the memory of Delia these days <laughs> <laughs> yeah post accident oh my goodness okay my zero is going to be not her but Trixie's alcoholism and the fact that she had to hit rock bottom I know it's a part of what you have to go through to deal with you know um substance abuse and you know i i know that she's kind of beginning her journey now to recovery and everything but her story just really broke my heart and um just really felt for it a lot and the scene where she was kind of going to the meeting for the first time i thought was was very very touching and very very well done by the show and by yeah. um helen george and you know all around but still just oh just really made me so sad and i just i just really felt for her so i'll say that's my zero Again, not Trixie, but what Trixie's yeah. going through. And then my hero, I'm going to say, is the Dylans, the, you know, Kevin and oh, June love Dylan. Yeah. Because I love them. I just, I love them. Like, they didn't have a huge storyline, but, like, their love story was so beautiful. Like, even that, you know, the little glimpses into it that we got, I just thought someone going out of their way to... Now... Again, I mean, she, she, he learned sign language for her, but like he could have done other things, but you know, like someone like meeting you and feeling so strongly that they want to connect with you, that they will like literally learn a language so that they can, you know, get to know you and be close to you. I just thought, oh my God, that is so romantic. Like just so beautiful. Love that. Um, and then her speech about wanting to connect with her child and, you know, both her hope and her fear about that experience was just so thoughtful and beautiful and so well written and it just really touched me and it opened it like it gave me insight into an experience that I have never had and uh, you know probably in my life god willing I will never have to have but um I just thought shining a light on that was was so wonderful and I just love them and I just want them to have a really happy life and yeah but also I, I didn't say this earlier but for Kevin Dillon the fact that he's going to be there at the birth which is 
that's not the norm, but mm. that's in the privacy of their own home. The fact that he goes so far out of his comfort zone to come along to that class with her beforehand with all those women. Oh, see, so we thought... didn't get that scene. Yeah, but that's that's him to a T, isn't it, though? Yeah. It is. It is. Uh, to be yeah. fair, I did love him as well. Uh, right, ladies, I'm just going to do something really different right now. Not really different. I've done it loads of times before. I don't know why I said it was really different. Uh, <laughs> but I've got messages from uh, from people on social media. Now, this is okay. from Bonnie Robbins Reedy. I just love, thank you so much, by the way, everyone, for all your comments, for following us, for listening to us. I just love it. Um, but she says here, really enjoy the podcast. Why, thank you. Um, I listen on my way to work and it helps put a smile on my face. This is the bit that's relevant. But that was gorgeous. Don't get me wrong. More compliments, please, everyone. Uh, by the way, it is perfectly safe for Jen to take up to 800 milligrams of ibuprofen at a time. <laughs> that is the dosage for prescription strength, Motrin, which is ibuprofen. So thank you, Bonnie. I'm glad that Jen's not dying. Um, now, we've got one here from Stephanie Campbell-Whitesman. This was from uh, YouTube. Um, she says other stuff, which we're going to mention in the uh, in the listeners' special, but she's put here, love you three and your discussions of this wonderful TV series. Keep up the great work. So thank you so much. Oh, love it. We've got Sherry Vokes, who I can I just say big shout out to Sherry. Um, she always is there on, on, on Facebook just telling people to listen to her to us, and I just love her. Oh, um, hero, hero. Says, give it a try. Give the give recall the midwife a try. These girls crack me up every week. Love you, Sherry. Thank you so much. Oh, um, Sherry. Rebecca Golden Stockton said, My favorite thing to do is I li- uh, to listen to as I do my Sunday food prep and cooking. Thank you, Rebecca. Love yes, it. Yes, listen, this cook at the same so time. Big I love it. Now, oh this one God. made me lol, and I have actually sent this to you, but I'm going to read this out. Um, <laughs> so Elizabeth Irwin on YouTube said, my first tuning into your podcast, oh, you three had me in stitches. May I ask how old or young you three are? You sound very much like 20-somethings, and I find it utterly delightful. Well, thank you so much, Elizabeth. <laughs> um, <laughs> do we have a new favourite listener of all time? Oh, my no, God. But she says here, as an American, I find the perspectives and humour of Bex and Alex to be utterly hilarious. Well, hello, so do we. <laughs> um, interestingly, I'd watched this exact episode last evening. Was so appreciate your perspective. Keep up the fantastic words, ladies. I will be tuning in. Cheerio. Thank you so much, Elizabeth. We are, in fact, 21, yes. Um, <laughs> yes, yes. I, I haven't I haven't seen a moon darken the earth beyond my twenty one years. Yeah, we were born on leap year. That's how we're twenty one. Um, yeah, exactly, exactly. But this is another one. Twelve leap years ago. This is another one. I wanted to know your uh, your thoughts, ladies. So Marie Allen on Facebook says, "I need a video of you girls doing at least one podcast. You don't. You've seen. Look at me today." <laughs> Um, or maybe you could show us a screenshot of one of your Zoom calls. I've been wanting to see you since I started listening to the podcast, which Aww. I started about four days ago, and I'm on the second part about the book, listening right now. I feel like I know you already. Well, thank you so much, Marie. We'll see what Aww. we can do. You've already That's had a photo so of me with an Easter bonnet on. Um, no, I've actually, I've actually had an idea, which I probably shouldn't pitch this on the podcast. Um, but I did think that when it comes to the Christmas special, we could do like a... Oh, oh okay that's a really good idea yeah we should do yeah. that we that's a good that. one yeah well, i can i can get ready yeah but anyway also... i'll save the others till next week um yeah. but yeah but we've been going on for too long so we're gonna have to go but i just wanted to say thank you so much to everyone and we will mention other people who've mentioned us but thank you so so much yeah. um we do. But yeah like subscribe rate us but thank you so much for listening and next week it is the christmas special yeah oh, the christmas special <laughs> We love you all. Bye. Bye. Mom 
deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowlin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowlin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlinBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.